Hello, how you doing? Welcome to season two, episode 10 of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. I hope you're having a good week, whatever it is that you're getting up to. I'm just going to dive straight in to this week's episode because it's a bit of a surreal one for me. The whole reason that this podcast exists, the whole reason I became a grief and relationship guide and the whole reason why so many changes in both my personal and professional life have happened over the last two and a half years are mainly down to the fact that I worked with the amazing Persia Lawson. Persia is an author, speaker and one of the UK's most successful love coaches according to the Times magazine. Trained in cognitive behavioural therapy, Reiki and addiction studies, Persia has supported thousands of women to radically transform their love lives from the inside out via her online programs and coaching practice, gaining her the status of a reverent British guru by Marie Claire magazine and being described by Sadie Frost as refreshingly honest, raw and relatable. Persia also co-founded the pioneering positive lifestyle movement Addictive Daughter and is the co-author of The Inner Fix by Hodder and Stoughton in 2016 and her work has been featured in Vogue, Cosmopolitan, the BBC, The Telegraph, You Magazine and The Evening Standard among others. She lives in Surrey with her fiancé Joe and their golden cockapoo puppy Reggae. I learned so much during my time working one-on-one with Persia over the course of, I think it was either eight or nine weeks. And one of the most valuable things I have learned is how to listen to and use my intuition because it has by far been one of the most important tools that I have ever learned. And I realized just how much I was ignoring it before and It has become so clear to me just how important our intuition is when it comes to dating and our love lives. It really is the difference in whether we're choosing a relationship that we are truly passionate about and we know is right for us over sticking with something that we feel is either safe or it's toxic but we're scared to leave because we're listening to our anxiety and our inner fears over what we really want. During this episode, Persia and I discuss intuition, just how important it is, why it's so important, why we so often ignore our intuition and how sometimes we can confuse it with our fears and our anxieties and how to be able to tell the difference between your intuitive voice and maybe an anxiety voice or an insecurity that keeps popping up. We also discuss Persia's new book which is being released next month. It's called Love is Coming and I am so excited to read it. If you'd like to know more about the book you can actually read a snippet from the book now. It's on the website loveiscomingbook.com and I will also put the link for that in the description for this episode. And now I'm really excited to say let's start this week's episode. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Welcome, Persia Lawson. Hello. Hello, my love. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'll be honest, I'm bloody hot. Yes. <laughs> we, just, we were just talking about this before you hit record. It's it's like, what, isn't it, is it the hottest day today? Is it? I haven't well, seen the news lately, but it feels like it's getting muggier and muggier. I'm waiting mm, for the storm. It's getting to that time now. It feels like it needs to break, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Typical Brits, it's like we complain because the weather's been crap up until now and now it's really sunny and it's like, I'm hot. <laughs> We're just never satisfied. I know. I just, I find it really hard when it's work, when you've got to do work. I don't mind if it's weekend and you can just enjoy yourself, but when you've got to do work and you have to sit in like an oven, what it feels like. It makes it really fun. hard to concentrate, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Well, I am so excited to have this conversation with you because you're actually a huge part of the reason why I've created this podcast and how my career has gone in the direction it's gone in so thank you so much for coming on today oh what a lovely thing to hear it's true (laughs) could you please explain what you do as a love coach okay so there's a long-winded way but I am going to tell the short-winded way (laughs) what I do I essentially help women I would say around the age of 30 although to be honest I've worked with women who are teenagers I've worked with women who are in their 60s but I help women 
uh, find and keep healthy, soulful, lasting relationships in the chaos of the modern dating world. And it's obviously got even more chaotic since this bloody pandemic. Hasn't it just? Yes, it has. Everything's got more crazy, hasn't it? Definitely. And what was the moment in your life where you decided that this is what you wanted to do for a living? Oh, do you know, I've never been asked it in that way before, which is really interesting. What was the moment? Okay, so there are, there are actually a few. So firstly, I, I used to be an actress, which, you know, I've always been a performer at heart and I loved that so much. But in my early 20s, when I came out of drama school, like, I was fine as long as I was at drama school and like, you know, I was getting leads and I was able, like, even though my love life was chaotic and I was partying far too much. I was always a bit of an overachiever, so I could I could keep up the facade that I had my shit together, and I absolutely <laughs> did not. And then in my mid-twenties, I went through a, um, a breakup, which was just so painful because I'd recently started, I got into Al-Anon, which is for friends and family of addicts and alcoholics. Growing up, my parents had struggled with drug addiction. So I'd had a real, I'd been through a lot of stuff, and that relationship, like looking back, I'm like, that was the most important relationship of my life. But at the time, it was so hard. You know what heartbreak's like. And I remember it was a few weeks after that breakup, and everything just, I had this week, the week, it was the week of the breakup where not only did my boyfriend dump me, and a few weeks later, start um, moved the girl with that he'd been cheated on, cheating on me with six weeks before, uh, six months before, moved her in when I moved out of the warehouse that we were like staying at together. In that same week, my acting agent dumped me. I lost all of my because he said, "I just know your heart's not in this," and and he was right, but it was a really hard thing to admit. Uh, and then I lost all my savings in the world when the visa company that I'd applied with to to get my acting visa for America so I lost I basically had to move back in with my parents for what I thought would be five months was ends up being five years and it was so that week was a big turning point but I got given this is where it was like the craziest serendipity I got given tickets a ticket by a friend an old old friend's dad to this like event for entrepreneurs and I thought I'm not an entrepreneur my dad's an entrepreneur but I I was like well you know what I'm I'm in a place in my life it was a few months after the breakup I was starting to feel better and I was like I'm gonna say yes and I'm just gonna embrace sort of the unknown and just go for it and see maybe something will come out of it and when I was at this event event it was all about it was called key person of influence and it's run by a guy called Daniel Priestley and it's about how to turn your own knowledge and experience and expertise expertise into a, into a business that really helps people and I like you know and he talked about writing books he talked about he talked about loads of different stuff and I I kind of started writing a book that I didn't know what I was going to do with like a few months before and I just went to this event and there was this one woman speaking in particular called Shah Wasmond who was just like a firecracker and and she was a performer and yet she was also an entrepreneur and she'd written all these she'd written these books and you know she was coaching people and just all of these various things and I just was like I think I meant I know I meant to do this I that was the moment like I just knew that my career was supposed to shift and all of that acting I'd done, you know, I'd done English literature at uni, I'd tutored, so I'd essentially been coaching teenage girls for like years and years and years. And it was like all the dots in that one day event suddenly connected and I just, my life just took a completely different, I can never say this word, trajectory, (laughs) trajectory. And, you know, after that, I set up a positive lifestyle movement with a friend. I trained as a life coach. And and we we had a, a, a great business for four years. And we bought out a book called The Inner Fix. And then, the, so this is the second moment where it all changed. It was really interesting. So that was the first one. The second one where it was like going from being sort of life coach, sort of generally helping um, women who were struggling with a quarter life crisis to specifically love coaching. In 2015, I met my now fiance at an event, uh, not at an event, at a, at a festival. And a year later, that's when the Inner Fix came out. And we, you know, we were in a really good position with our business. And we had all these um, TV companies wanting to make shows with us, you know, um, top agents, everything I'd always dreamed of as an actor. And then one day when we were supposed to start, like, no, we'd already signed the contract with the TV company something big, I can't remember what it was, something big to do with a TV company. Before that meeting, my business partner took me to the park and said, I've, I've got to tell you something. And I said, what? She said, I don't think we're meant to be doing this anymore. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. And the, th- the hardest thing is I knew she was right. 
I knew she was right. But when you, because we, it was almost like we thought the book would be the beginning, but actually it was like the book was the perfect ending. And we, you know, we're very different, which had worked for us, but also, you know, we wanted to do different things. And it was, it was, it was quite hard. And it just, I knew she was right, but it was, it meant having to walk away from all of this success, which is, that was five, that was five years ago, because that was 2016. That was, it was August 2016. So it was a year after I'd met Joe. And my God, it was one of the hardest things I've had to do. But I knew in that moment, in answer to your question, (laughs) long-winded, I knew in that moment, I am meant to specifically work helping women in their love life because that's the area that I struggled so much and it's the area where I've experienced the biggest transformation so like in that moment I became a love coach that's incredible thank you so much for sharing all of that with us and what I love is the questions that I'm going to move on to now everything you've just said there links so strongly with what I'm going to ask you about because from everything you just said you were talking so much about intuition and Mm. those inner knowings and I worked with you at the end of 2018 and it was when my Mm. marriage hit a huge roadblock and I just remember we'd got back from this big joint family holiday. I was a complete mess if I'm being honest and I was lying in bed and I picked up my phone and I went on Instagram and I started scrolling and I think I'd been following you for around six months Mm -hmm. and I saw you share this quote and I can't remember for the life of me what this quote said but something it was almost like something took over me and it made me just message you and ask mm. what, how I work with you because I'd never heard of love coaching before. I'd never, I, I didn't know anything about it. And especially I didn't know if you'd work with someone who was in a relationship or especially being married, but something just made me think I have to message you. And going on with that, one of the most life-changing lessons that I learned from working with you was how to connect and use my intuition when it comes to my love life mm. and how important that is when it comes to dating, love lives in general, do you think it's common for people to ignore their intuition? Yes! <laughs> Such a good question again. A hundred percent. Oh my God, a hundred percent. And it, you know, I think, I don't think we just do it in dating. I think we do it in everything, but but specifically with dating because because we're so um, entranced by the games and the, the playing and, you know, and listen, I was I, I was one to do this all the time, asking all your friends what they think you should do and how you should respond to the guy and all of this stuff and not listening to your gut. And listen, we, and the reason I think we don't listen, Charlotte, is because we know what our gut's saying. Yes. <laughs> and it's not what we want to hear. It's never what we want to hear. And, and to be honest, I even experienced the same thing when I first met Joe, and as you know, like this is in, in my program, my flagship program, Get Your Soulmate. In the last module, I have a section at the end called, uh, which basically is like how to know if you've if you're if you've met the one or if, if they're the right one for you. And one of the things of that is when you've met the right one, you'll actually probably have a lot of resistance to wanting to be with them. Yes. Because it's so out of our comfort zone to be with someone who is available who treats you well, who wants the same things you do. And what particularly us women do is we go, oh, he's boring. Or I just don't know if I feel that thing. I'm like, what, that adrenalized, addictive, junky thing? That's yes. what it used to be for me. So it was like, I, I could never, I think you, like to, for in order to be able to trust your intuition, you first have to get healthy because if because when you haven't done the work and you haven't done all the work around your patterns your blocks your childhood which has caused you to act out certain patterns in your love life if you haven't done that work then what you think is your intuition is actually just your very unhealthy often your brain Yes. And you're like, you know, that addictive, like it, the impulse in you, it's like the junkie in you. It's not, and it's like, oh, I just know I meant to be with him. And it's like, no, that is what the really unhealthy part of you is telling yourself. You have to do all the really grueling work first. And that's why I've got a new book coming out called Love is Coming. And it's about how to find real love in a superficial world. And it so talks about this, this idea of intuition. And the first part is heal. because The first part of the book is heal because you have to heal those blocks. And then it's attract. What I see people, and then it's commit. What I see people doing is they just want to get into attract, commit, attract, commit, attract, commit. But what they keep doing is they might attract, but they're attracting the same old unhealthy dynamics again and again and again, because they haven't firstly got themselves into a neutral, healthy place so that they can actually hear what their intuition their gut is telling them not what the inner junkie is telling them 
That is so true. And what I notice now, it's and it's such a process as well, as much as we want to connect to our intuition, we we have to be patient with ourselves, don't we? Because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't even happen sometimes in a couple of months. You'll start to get the knowings, but you really have to take that time to make sure you listen to them. Why do you think we are so disconnected from our intuition overall? I think because we live in a world, you know, a very superficial world that is all about, this is something I go into depth into depth in my book, like it, it's all about the quick wins, the fast fixes. We don't want to, we don't want to accept the, the truth, and I have learned this the hard way, good things take time. And so when we're always looking like, oh, I feel shit, so why don't I jump on Tinder and just get some validation? Like that's the easier fix. But when we're doing that, we're actually blocking our relationship with ourselves. To have a healthy relationship with ourselves, we have to be willing to listen to ourselves and to sit with our pain and to feel our feelings and realize that they're not bad. It's like yeah, they might be uncomfortable, but the more that you can sit with yourself instead of reaching for a quick fix, whether it's you know, booze, porn, food, whatever it is. And it's not saying that all of those things are really wrong in themselves, but when we start relying on them to to kind of make ourselves feel better, instead of relying on that inner wisdom, that inner guidance, relying on, you know, ourself, like who we really are underneath all of the, the emotional kind of turbulence, then we are just becoming more disconnected. And obviously, technology is a huge part in this as well. Technology, great in so many ways, bloody terrible in others. You know, how addicted we are to our phone. I, you know, sometimes I have to literally make myself put my phone in the other room. And when it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And then it's like, time stands still. My, my relationship with time completely changes. All of that adrenaline and cortisol that come, goes around our body when every time we pick up our phone, we have, it's really scary that, you know, we have been programmed, we've been con- conditioned to become addicted to these devices. And they have been, you know, programmed for us to be addicted to. I swear to God, if you want to, the fastest way to connect your intuition is just, just put your phone down for a day. Yes. The world won't stop spinning. See what comes up in you. See what comes up in you because it's become the most socially acceptable form of addiction as has social media. So I've gone off on a tangent here, but I'm so no, passionate about this because I really think that's it. We are just the world, we, modern, modern living has taken us out again and again and again. And, you know, the newsfeed, which just blasts us with all this negativity and stress, again, increases the cortisol in our bodies. So it really is about, I think that the simplest way to put this, slowing down and turning inward. Yes, because recently, I think it was March, wasn't it? You actually had a social media detox, didn't you? Mm, Best thing I've ever done. I did it for a week. Uh, Again, around the time when I was working with you, I just thought it would be a good idea to try it. And the difference in how I felt, like you say, the first day, you keep itching to pick it up because it's such a habit. And once I, I always find once I've slept through the first day, then suddenly I am so much more present in what I'm doing and so many anxieties and fears that I've been feeling they disappear with Mm -hmm. it and it's absolutely madness and you're right we've been created uh, it's been created so that we become so addicted to this way of life and it actually takes us away from who we are yes how can you tell the difference between what is an anxiety thought or our monkey brain or there's lots of different names for it compared to our intuition actually trying to tell us something oh God, you're just getting such good questions and I'm loving this. Okay, I've got an excellent answer for this that has saved my bacon so many times. Okay. So the monkey brain, the fearful voice, is it's basically loud, fast, quite high pitch. It's like, no, you've got to do this now. Blah, 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 rushed. Like, and, it, and you can feel it in your body. You go, <gasps> even when I just did that then, it's like my, my chest was like, <gasps> you know, you can feel the the anxiety and the stress and it's it's that it just says a lot of shit it says a lot of different stuff and it, then it's also repeating the same old thing when it's your intuition it's slow it's low it's calm and it is so simple i remember when i broke up so in um mine and my friend's book the inner fix i talk in depth about this breakup with uh, a guy that in the book is called tiger pseudonym and he I'll never forget this as long as I live we were on a train this is maybe the week a week or two before we actually broke up and I think a lot of people no I think I know a lot of people have this it's like before the proper breakup there's like there's always like one or two sort of 
smaller breakups before it. It's yeah. almost like what you're easing yourself in. I don't know. <laughs> and I remember I was with my sister and him and we were going on a train on a tube to East London. And we were not in a good way. Like we were already like had kind of just broken up but then got back together because we well, didn't want to, we didn't want to let each other go. And I'll never forget this. We're on the tube and I just looked over at him and my gut just went, it's over. Wow. You know it's over. That was it. And it like, it's so simple. And of course I ignored it. (laughs) I ignored it and held on by a fingernail for a whole, I think another week. And then it just, and then basically to the point where he dumped me. And it's, it was so annoying because I dumped him before I was like, damn it. (laughs) I should have, I should have, um, I should have just taken that as the cue to walk, but I, I wasn't ready. And it's funny because the opposite is true as well. When I, in fact, I'll tell this from a story I tell in my new book, Love is Coming, because this was, ri- like, I, I'm someone, probably because I did English at uni, I'm a bit of a literary wanker, <laughs> but um, I, I'm someone who really, like, I learn from sort of metaphors, metaphors, like, I, I really love learning like that, and so there'll be a, an experience in my life um, where it's nothing to do with dating, but I'll learn the biggest love lesson, so one of those was... Oh my God. So my fiance Joe is like the biggest daredevil. He's like my dad. He like literally jumps out of planes, bungee jump, anything adventure and traveling. Like he is up for it. He's just kind of fearless like that. And I'm I'm kind of braver in a different way. I'm sort of more like, I'll get on a stage. I'll like, you know, that sort of thing. Doesn't scare me in the same way. But anyway, we went, we went to Australia. And of course, Joe just knows such a random assortment of people. And one of these really close friends of his works for a shark diving boat like a white bloody shark what they called great white shark diving boat and we ended up going and working on this boat for a few days because it was really expensive the the trip but we got it for free but we had to work on this boat and um oh god I mean I'm literally terrified of sharks had never scuba dived terrified of like the open water and anyway I ended up going in this fucking you know the 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 cage things yeah and the first time I tried the scuba gear on was as I was getting in there were five like great white maybe not five at that time there's like two or three like circling because they're baiting them with tuna and I basically put my head in freaked out and I was like I can't do it it." and like I was in like utter fear and then the 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 crew were like it's all right you can get out and then something came over me which was literally just like it was like all the yoga and meditation I've ever done in my life. It was all for this one moment. And this wave of calm came over me. It actually makes me emotional saying this. Wave of calm came over me. And it was literally just like something in me said, stay. Stay. And I have only ever experienced that. And the other situation I've experienced that feeling of like just so simple stay was when I wanted to run away from my relationship with Joe. When we, when, in the first few months particularly, it was you know, I'd always been a love, a love avoidant and a commitment phobe. And I knew that this guy was my husband. And, and it was just, you know, it's, it's what you think you want until it happens. Yes. And then it's like, oh, do I want this? Because now it's like, this is the reality. And whenever I like, you know, before the way I'd sabotage it with a guy would be to cheat. And I was too healthy for that. So I wasn't going to do it like that. But I want, you know, I'd pick a fight. I wanted to pick a fight or just find some way because it was so uncomfortable. And whenever I would just turn inward, that voice would go, stay. And so back with the sharks, I went back down, like completely calm. And I saw a shark, like literally fucking in front of my face. (laughs) And it was one of the most... I can't even put it into words because it was like it was like facing myself, you know. I was safe in that cage, even though you th- your brain tells you you're not. But it was just it, that's what our intuition is like. Like you know, it's your intuition because it's often one word or a couple of words or a very short phrase. It's so calm, and you, you, our work is to get ourselves into a position where we actually not just listen to it, but show up for that guidance and follow through with it. And that's what my work has been, particularly since I met Joe. That's what I've been doing. And it's it's sometimes really hard. I, In all honesty, I've had it with this book. Like this book, it's taken me five years to write. I started writing it the day that me and my business partner separated. And it... Uh, I've put like all of my savings, like everything from the business, like made some, what you could say are like not the wisest business decisions because I have just known that this book, it's its time. It was meant to be now. 
and I believe in it more than anything I've ever created. And when, when I tune in with myself, it's like, just trust. Just trust that what you're doing is right. Don't panic. It's all good. Like, it, this, it's now. And how could I ignore that? Yes. How could I ignore that? You know, I've, I've said no to a lot of other big opportunities. I've said, I've turned down other things that, you know, would have bought money and I've pumped all of, as I said, all of the savings into this because there's something in me that just knows. And, and to, to be able to walk in the direction of that knowing, even when you can't see what the outcome is going to be. And by the way, none of us never, ever really know what the outcome is going to be of anything. Like, you know, we can't, until you're there, you can't know. But your, your gut is, it's like the best gauge. It's the best gauge of trusting that if your gut is telling you something, that even if you can't see what the other side looks like, that you're going to be okay if you follow your follow that guidance. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. I love that answer. And I've just got to say, when you were talking about that shark, that set my anxiety. I've just listened. To <laughs> I really to- hope it's it's so intense. And I really hope that, that that chapter, like I was like, I really just want when people read it to feel what I was I- feeling in that moment. <laughs> Definitely think you will. I was like, I could feel myself tensing up. I like grabbed my chest and everything. I was like, oh, but I know exactly what you mean. And what I find fascinating is so much of what you've said I can relate to so much of it in the sense of so when I finished working with you it would have been early 2019 and I spent that whole year recreating myself and relearning to get to know myself I was still in my marriage and my intention at that point was to make my marriage work and to Mm. and and I felt like I was and I felt so much healthier and my habits were so much healthier and then it was about 13 or 14 months later where the, the marriage completely fell apart. And although mm. I knew there were still some things there, it's a bit like you said, I I didn't see that coming in the way that it did. It happened literally in the space of 10 minutes. It was a simple conversation. And within mm. 20 minutes, he had left. And I remember thinking this morning, I didn't even know this was a, a thing. And what I have learned so much over these last two or three years is, and I know you say this a lot, the work is never done. Mm. and it's a sense of sometimes you think you've mastered something or you think you're so and you are and you are so much better and it's important to remember that but the more you can learn that there's always going to be a surprise a shock or something might not go the way you think but still learn to trust that's where I feel that my intuition has grown more and more by learning to sit like you say sit in those moments when something hits you and you think I thought I was really good but then you I for example a lot of my old habits when I first went through the breakup resurfaced I didn't act on them but I could feel them resurfacing and resurfacing mm. and what I've noticed is over time the more I've learned to trust to just sit in it the less I've reacted and the more I've been able to trust myself I'll still have some of those thoughts maybe in my head like to go and get attention like you said it's very to distract from how I'm feeling maybe go on an app or mm. or go out somewhere and and find something to do when I could actually be doing something much more beneficial for myself but Mm. I do feel from again a lot of what you said there if you can just sit with it that's where I feel your intuition will grow yes would you say a hundred percent and I just I need to just take this moment to acknowledge you Charlotte because I'm so proud of you like I actually feel really emotional like you know it's always amazing with with a client to see them going on this journey and to support them and and you know how you showed up for yourself when we were working together but also since because I know we've seen each other a few times at the GYS picnic yes I love those Uh, I know so good so uh, you know I'm so proud of you and what you're doing and you're just a living example that you are um, not not every client I work with is is in the place where they're ready to show up and do you know and I wasn't always like you know we we get there when we get there and I just think what you're doing is amazing. And I'm really, really proud of you and really inspired. And, and, and that's it. And it's, you know, walking away from a marriage. Where you've been together quite a long, a long time, haven't uh, you? 11 years, yeah. And I also just want to say, I think it's amazing that you're talking about this so openly. Because you know what's so crazy is like, for some reason, like people will open, like nowadays, more openly talk about mental health and all of these things, which is fantastic. But for some reason... There is still so much stigma around talking about our romantic lives, talking yes. about the fact we're lonely or we want to be in a relationship because we're worried about coming desperate, like looking desperate or needy or talking. Like it's such a stigmatic thing and it's crazy because it's like, 
romantic, like our romantic lives essentially run the world. We think about it. Everyone says sex is what runs <laughs> the world. Like, why do we not talk about these things? Why are we so afraid of it? Because I know, like, in all honesty, the thing that affected my mental health more than anything was my love life. Yes, it completely was my love agree. life. And, and, you know, what I'm so passionate about, again, I talk about this in depth in the book, is like, if we don't, I'm passionate about us learning these tools and and learning to analyze and to look at our romantic lives and our, all our relationships because working on our romantic relationships approves every relationship you know yes communication skills conflict resolution you know boundaries all of these things that don't sound all that sexy but will change your life then if we worked on those and were taught them from an earlier age then we would we would decrease dramatically, you know, divorce, family, uh, you know, addictions, family breakdowns, all of these things that affect affect our children. And and I just think it's so important to to have these open conversations in the way that we are having them about so many other topics, but not really, not really about love and romance. Not not in a way that I think is has been. We haven't hit that sort of. I don't know what it is like it's not it's not it hasn't quite like it's not out in the in the common oh, what's the word common consciousness that's not what I mean people, we're not having open conversations have yes no I completely agree it's that um people are still wary it's almost a bit taboo yes so people that's feel like it. or they don't want to hurt that's people's it. feelings so they'll yes. stay away from it and they'll avoid it which is what used to happen so much with mental health and yes I agree that the the whole thing that really has changed the direction of my life was working with you. But I came to you because of my romantic relationship. Yeah. And it was affecting everything. And then once I started to do the work, I could see for starters just how much I was letting anxiety around fears of abandonment and rejection run my life completely. Yeah. And it is so important to have these conversations. I actually recorded an episode in March when it was almost like the year anniversary of being on my own. Mm. And the messages that I got from people who were so relieved to hear things because like you said, they were like, I used to do a lot of that, like the boy chasing and and they feel like they can't even admit it to their friends yeah. or their family. And, and it blew my mind. I wasn't expecting it. I just did it because I thought it was valid. It was a year on, have a conversation. Yeah. And yeah, it really blew my mind at how many other women came forward and wanted to talk about it, but they hadn't felt there had been a space to do so before. Mm. So mm. I really think it's so important, I say, to encourage it, to talk about it. And and again, the more you talk about it, if you are feeling a fear around this, it does take that fear away. And you realise, like you said, you're not alone. You're not alone. Every, like most people I know are going through this. Because if, if you're not single and struggling with being single, especially with what's going on, you know, what's been going on in the last year and a half in the world. I can't believe it's been a, nearly a year and a half. It's, it's nuts. Mad. Um, but I, but also, you know, that the other side of that is all the couples that now want to kill each other or, you know, be, being inside of a relationship that isn't working is just as hard, sometimes even harder than not being in one that you really want to be in, you know? And I, I think it's so important that you're, you're talking about this and, and, you know, in my book, I talk, I go into, I'll be honest, I, there's some pretty like out there stories because I lived a pretty out there life. For I can't wait time. to read it. It's pretty like, and, and I, oh God, I sat with myself and I was like, oh, can I share that? Can I share that? But the reason like ultimately my gut said, yes, you have to share that because if, if nothing else, people read it and they go, oh, well, I'm not as bad, <laughs> not as bad as, as she was. And if she can change her life and change her love life, then then absolutely it's possible for me as well. I just think being open and, and not doing what I used to do, which is which was just sensationalism, which was just sort of, oh, I'm going to tell this really dramatic story about like, you know, this one night stand I had last night. And it was all for laughs. But really what I was doing from that place was, was, hiding my vulnerability and trying to own it whereas when you can actually say yeah I did this thing last night and I'm really ashamed of myself and I feel really shit and the reason I did it is because I'm lonely and I'm sad you know that is a completely different thing where you're not just playing for laughs you're actually you're just telling the truth if there is one thing I can say that would change I mean there's so many t tools or tips I could give that I are life-changing for one's love life but the biggest thing right now is just tell the fucking truth. Yes. Sorry if you've got anyone young listening, no. I swear. I should probably always start every podcast episode saying, I'm going to swear, even when I try not to, I still will swear. But just tell the truth. And that's what you're doing. Like, it's people, it's unbelievable that we, we think 
that if I tell my truth, particularly as it pertains to my love life, people are going to be cringed out or they're going to judge me or they're going to run a mile. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's always. Yes. I Again, it's so, so true. I just feel that it's, it's I did, a, I've spoke recently about taking responsibility and accountability for choices or mistakes that you make. Because again, I yeah. feel in society, it is so common for people to think, that they're going to be an awful person if they admit this mistake that they did. So rather Mm. than admit it, they'll start a spiral of, well, I'm already a bad person now. And yet, if they could just feel safe enough to come out and admit, like you said, I feel ashamed of myself. I've done something last night. I'm not proud of it. It it stops the behaviour so much quicker if we feel safe enough to be able to speak about it. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. What three tips would you give to someone who is wanting to connect to their intuition to navigate their dating or their love life? Oh, oh, good question. Okay, right. One of these is going to be really boring. You will have heard it before, but I'm going to say it. Meditation. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. There is so many different ways you can meditate. You might just start, like a good way to start meditation if you're like, that's scary. It's right, okay, run yourself a lovely bath and just get in the bath, have candles, make it, put some like Zen music on and just just lie in the bath and just breathe and just see what comes up because it's a really, you know, gentle way to do it and to to start, f- like, just to start connecting in with what's going on and just asking yourself, how am I feeling? What's coming up for me? And just focusing on your breathing. You don't even have to do a timer or anything like that. Just just while you're in the bath. That's, that's honestly how I kind of started because I felt my brain was so active. But because I already associated having a bath with relaxate, relaxing and chilling, it made it that much easier for me to kind of get into a state of relaxation, which, which really helps with meditation. So that's what I'd say, you know, daily. And, you know, sometimes... You know, you can go on a walking meditation. Don't take your phone with you. Just go out and be with you. That is, you know, that's an actual form of meditation, a walking meditation. Go and be in nature. Do not take your phone because you will be tempted to pick it up or someone will call. And just be with yourself and see how you feel. Notice the trees around you. Just becoming aware, being in the moment, listening to the birds, whatever it is. So that would be my first one meditation because the the more that you can get into being present in the moment the more you are giving that voice that intuitive voice space to speak to you and to connect with you and it will be and it might take a little while to get there if this is all really new to you but over time you will just start to you will just start to tune in and there will just be this voice and it'll be really calm everything I said calm um slow simple and it might say you know, and then another thing I would say that leads on from that quite nicely, this is from Oprah. I'm not going to pretend it's mine, <laughs> but I love this. It's so simple and it's so tangible is, is kind of moment to moment asking yourself, what is the next right thing for me to do right now? And the next right thing, Oprah says, it's always the next most loving thing. So that might be something so simple, like go and have a glass of water because you're listening. Your intuition will tell you glass of water. Go and get three things done off your to-do list. Like, it's not always going to be like, oh, go and, you know, rub yourself in beautiful bath oil. Like, it's not always going to be like that. Sometimes it's going to be like, no, it's time to do a bit of work. But mm. in, it's, in, it's in a loving way. It's not in that, like, you must do this, you know, that sort of thing. So what is the next right thing for me to do right now? And I will ask myself that the minute I get, I mean, I've got a thousand things I'd need to do this afternoon. <laughs> and, and I can become completely overwhelmed by the to-do list, which is never ending, as we all know in the modern day. So what is the next right thing? And that next right thing will probably be like, oh, have something to eat or something simple that's then going to be, once I've done that, right, now you can go and sit in a cafe and finish that deadline because you've, you've taken, you know, first things first. So that's another one. What's the next right thing? Um, ba, 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 ba. What should we do for the next? What should we do for the next? This is where I'm going. Oh, oh, this is an interesting one. Okay. This is a, ki- oh, I can never say this word. It's like a kine- kinesiology. It's basically like connecting with your body's wisdom. Okay. And I learned this from a friend of mine, Dr. Fleur, who is a a brilliant, she's, she's, she used to be a doctor, but she's also trained in yoga and like loads of, loads of really cool hippie shit. So she's right up my street. <laughs> she's, her tagline is science, science and soul or science with soul. Um, so basically if you, okay, if you want to know 
whether something is right for you. And again, you can do this with like something really like, do I want a glass of water? You cannot like, if you think of a question, if you've got a question, it could be something huge. Shall I break up with him? What you then want to do is whatever your question is, turn that into a like a statement. So I am going to break up with him. And then you stand up, okay? And you say, I'm, I feel like I need to do it. I'm going to have to <laughs> hold the microphone. Stand up and you say, let's just say, I am going to break up with him. And you just see if your body naturally moves forward or moves back. So I would not, what I would say is don't start doing this. Don't try this with a really big question like that because it will mind fuck you. <laughs> what you want to do is like something really simple, glass of water, um, to be honest, I feel like our bodies will always say yes if it's a glass of water. <laughs> but just like you know, shall I go to the? Like, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go shopping right now or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Play around with it. It's so interesting what not only what your body does, but what your reaction to what your body does. I, because do you know what I mean? Sometimes I'll be like, I'll do it, and I'll be like, oh, it's not what I wanted, but I know that that's right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Completely. I'm so excited to try that. I haven't heard of that one before. It's a really good one. Like I, like I often forget to use it. I need to. Rem- this is a good reminder me. But you know, when I, I have used it for all sorts, like business decisions, hiring people. You know, shall I do this project? Like what? What to call my book or whatever? Like I've used it for all sorts of different things over over the years, and it's just a really interesting way to kind of bring your body wisdom along. Yes. And I think yeah. what sounds important from a lot of what you said there is if you can bring fun into it, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to feel so daunting. Because when we're trying something yes. new or something, it can feel really uncomfortable. But if you say play around like, do I want pizza? See see where your body yes. goes. But if you start maybe like that, you can ease yourself into it. Yes, I, I completely agree. I think for me, that's why, you know, the meditation bath or going for a walk, just really simple, nice, different ways in instead of just thinking you've just got to sit up straight in a chair and just you know, meditate and, fo- and and people, that terrifies people. So for me, I am definitely someone who I've got to like find little little workarounds and, and playful ways of um, of experimenting with these, with these different things because otherwise I just won't do it in all honesty. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's also important to remember with meditation and your intuition, it can happen quicker than we expect it to. And there's something that I notice quite quickly in your meditations on your weekly modules when we when someone works one on one with you, you mm. ask a question at the beginning and mm. you say the first answer, take it, even if it like shocks you or surprises you, just go with it. Mm-hmm. And I remember being really surprised that a word would always come up. I didn't expect it to because I was still quite new to meditation and relaxing for a start. Mm-hmm. And I remember the the very first module, the very first meditation, two words came up really, really quickly. And I thought, oh, okay. And it can come to you if, if you just relax just a fraction and you, yes. like, you will surprise yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think, I, I really think, you know, this is um, one of the things that's really changed um, the way I think, or at least I'm is trying to, is... Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, she talks about this idea of like, I really want to be a relaxed woman because when do you ever see a relaxed woman? And so that's her goal instead of being that busy, rushing around like in that kind of stressed out way. And I think she is, you know, the reason of like being a relaxed woman in the modern day is not only like quite shocking, controversial. It's a way of when you are in a relaxed state, that is when you can hear your intuition that's when all the great creative ideas come that's when life just becomes so enjoyable and relationships flow and even if there's been some tension it's so easy to resolve it and just say listen I'm so sorry like I was wrong or I totally see where you're coming from when you're anxious stressed out you know running at 100 miles an hour you there's no space for conflict resolution or for for kind of your intuition to kind of guide you and I think what, what helps me as well is to look at nature. Like, I'm like li- literally just looking out at my garden and it's so sunny outside. And um, like all of these, like the garden's so overgrown, I swear, literally since the sun's <laughs> come out in the last week, I'm like, where the hell have all these plants come from? It's, it's crazy out there. But it's, it, you know, it doesn't rush. We don't, when you, you don't, if you just watch a plant, you're not watching it grow. And yet it's just moving slowly and it's just, you know, it doesn't rush and everything gets done. There's that famous quote, like, you know, be like nature, um, 
oh, I can't remember. It's something like be like nature, you know, don't, it, it doesn't rush and everything gets done. That's it. And I think that it's because it's, you know, Marianne Williamson talks about this idea that, you know, we are already programmed to be our higher self. Look at the acorn. The acorn is programmed to become the oak tree. The embryo is programmed to become the baby. Like how there's a divine intelligence there. The one difference with us humans is that we can say no, whereas nature can't. Nature will just, you know, a tree will grow as tall as it can grow. You know, everything will grow to its highest ability unless there is some defect that will prevent it from doing so. But with human beings, we have choice. And that is, you know, the good thing and the bad thing in equal measure. So because we have choice, it's like, well, maybe I I want to choose joy. I want to choose being relaxed. I want to choose gratitude. And it's something, it's not even just a daily choice. It has to be moment to moment because because life is coming at us, as I said earlier, modern life is coming at us so fast these days that we really have to check in with ourselves throughout the day and comes back to what's the next right thing for me. Loving, gentle, compassionate, because your how you treat other people is only ever going to be a direct in direct relation to how you treat yourself. So that's why, you know, we hear self-love, self-love all the time these days. And I think it almost has lost a lot of meaning. Yeah. But I think it's understanding it's, it's, you know, you are only going to be as useful to other people as you are to yourself. And this is something I really needed to hear today. I, I always need to hear this because, you know, I've been very open recently about my own workaholism and, and uh, it's, you know, I think we all are workaholics to a degree. And that's, let me tell you, it's the fastest way to take you out of your intuition. And it's under the guise of being productive. And yes. that's the worst thing. Because we are encouraged, aren't we? We're yeah. encouraged to, the it's more you work. Yes, exactly. And actually, it's it, sometimes it can be detrimental to us as well. So, 100%. We've talked a little bit about your book, um, which I'm so excited for. And can I just say, The Inner Fix, I, I obviously bought it when I was going through the modules and read it and I was obsessed. I actually gave it to a couple of my friends a year or so later. And they're both in very different relationships. One was married with children, another was single. And they could both relate to it in in so many different ways and they used to message me getting so excited like, I'm just on this bit here where this has happened and I think that's what's so lovely about your work and the way you come across is that everybody can relate in one way or another where you are so open so what can we expect from Love is Coming because I'm so excited to read it I know you've talked a bit about intuition but yes okay okay so um we well I don't know when this episode is going out but we will I'll give you the link so you can share in the show notes because we've got you can read the you'll be able to read the introduction for free when this episode is out because it's going to be like that's going to be available I think possibly tomorrow oh perfect okay um so everyone's going to get an idea and we've got some other freebies that we're giving away as well but it's it is it's very much okay it's it's like a teaching memoir so I didn't want to write a self-help book in the traditional sense because to be honest I have programs for that and my experience is I want to read a book that I'm going to learn things but I'm going to be entertained yes in all honesty because sometimes doing a reading a self-help book could just be like oh god it's just hard work and I kind of feel like you know a book is a, is is a taking a reader on a journey that's my own belief I've got pro I've got a program romantic reset which is brilliant and it's 37 pounds and you're much more likely to actually do that because it's presented in a way where there's workbooks and there's you know videos and so you're you're learning in a different way so this book is is stories in all honesty stories from my life um and uh where there've been a, there's been quite a, a lot of um interesting ones as i mentioned earlier <laughs> A few client stories, um, stories from my, a lot of stories from my relationship, which are hilarious, very inappropriate, and and some very sad and some very moving. And it is, yeah, there's lots of tips and sort of tools interwoven in there, but it, but all under the guy, like not guys, under the sort of structure of, yeah, being being stories that you will relate to a hundred percent. Like I want it, and and the you know, it's all it's. Um, I've got a pod- podcast of the same night name, Love is Coming, which is uh, very 70s out there aesthetic, as is the book. Like it's, it's. I wanted it to be, you know, it's coming out in the summer. I want it to be a summer read and a book that you can't put down. And, and I, and, you know, the beta readers have said that that is the case. So that's, that's really exciting. And as I mentioned, it's structured in three parts, heal, 
So that's where you're going to learn all like how to remove the blocks that have been blocking you from getting the romantic life that you want. Then attract, how to get yourself into your magnetic attraction zone and, you know, some some really helpful tools around that um, where you're in an energy of just like loving your life, feeling so playful. And honestly, when you're in that state, you will be batting people away. That has been not only my experience, but clients' experience as well. And then actually, this is the, the commit section, the last section is almost... It's what everyone wants until they get there. As I said earlier, it is the hardest. I I honestly, I thought heal would be the hardest. It's actually the commit part because when you do attract in that person, that is when all your shit really comes up. And if you've been doing the work on yourself, like you, you go, it's, you know, new level, new devil. Each of these three sections, these three states that we need to work through in order to get that relationship, that isn't just, that you know, you don't just get it, that you can actually sustain, which is a whole other thing. It is, it's hard. The commit part's really hard. And to the point where so many of my clients have now met like life partners or had, you know, married or have kids now with their partner. And they're like, I need a new program <laughs> for, th- for this part of the work because you helped me get them. And now it's like, how do we, so that's, that's a uh, kind of in the pipeline as well. So yeah, so it's, uh, there's the, it, the book's got a lot, a lot going in and there's a lot of a lot of literary sort of references or, or topical contextual things that have been going on in the world recently that I've put in there as well. I've Yeah, it's taken me five years, so, so there's a lot in there. Well, good luck with the release. I'm so excited to read it because I'm actually at the stage now where I'm just happily being single. And for the first time in my life, I was just talking to a friend the other day, I'm not interested in getting any attention at the moment. And it's such a strange <gasps> feeling. It's so strange, but I am abs- I'm absolutely loving it. So I will be reading that and seeing how to get into the attract stage for when that time comes. So I think, babe, you're already there. Oh, really? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, just from what you said, because in a nutshell, I mean, you know, the book breaks it down a lot more, but in a nutshell, it's about getting yourself into a place where you love your life, you love yourself, you of course make mistakes, but you own your mistakes and you're just excited, like you're grateful for where you are and you're excited for what's to come. That is in a nutshell when you are in the attraction zone and you might have moments where you're like, oh, I want a bit of attention or, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lonely, but, that, but they're fleeting. You're not yes. living from that place. Does that make sense? Completely. Oh, that made me a bit emotional. Thank you. Because it's, mm-hmm. it feels like it's taken forever in so many ways, but I'm just, I'm so grateful to you and for everything. And thank you so much. But one more question is, mm-hmm. what would you love your 18-year-old self to know when it comes to love and romance? Oh, God, such <laughs> a good question. Bloody hell, where would I even start? Uh, what would I love? Do you know what? So simple. Be honest with yourself. Just be honest with yourself because you will never be able to be honest with anyone else. And, you know, that that's that can be quite deep because it's being honest with yourself about the pain you're in and the trauma you've been through. And stop putting a plaster over it and distracting yourself. Like, just be honest and feel it. Because you feel it, you heal it, you move through it. I completely agree. I love that. Well, thank you so much again. Honestly, I'm just, I'm so excited to be talking to you about all this. Where can we find you on social media and online? So the best place would be Instagram at Persia Lawson or lowercase. And I think actually Instagram is lowercase anyway. Anyway, my website, persialawson.com. We, I don't know at the time of recording whether it's, we're, we're changing it at the moment, so it may not be available. But what will be available, this is the most important thing, and to get a look, all the freebies and read the introduction to the book straight away, is loveiscomingbook.com. Perfect. And I will put all of those links in the description of this episode as well. So everyone can find them and, and go and have a read. Thank Perfect. You, thank you so much for joining me. I have loved this. It's been such a pleasure. It's always so, so lovely to to do an interview or talk with um, with an old client and just to see like what an amazing journey you've been on these past few years. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. 